Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Locker Talk podcast on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Support.com. And you guys can always follow me on any one of my social handles, whether it's on Twitter at Locker underscore reports, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small cats, on Facebook, LockReport.com, and also check out the Locker Talk podcast on Facebook, but make sure you guys subscribe today. Go to YouTube, subscribe to the Locker Talk podcast, do it today. And, of course, you guys can always hear me on the Best News Radio Network.com, where you can listen to me 24-7, seven days a week. Make sure you guys tune in anytime or just tune in every Friday morning at 9 o'clock a.m. All right. First of all, folks, I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in, tuning in again. Y'all guys can do a whole bunch of other things but for the fact you guys still take time out today just to hear what I have to say about the NFL. It's always an honor. Well, this weekend, as we know, it is Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl 55 in lovely Tampa. Yes, I am a part of it. I will be at the game. I'm really excited and being here this, this weekend with the whole festivities, dealing with the Super Bowl leading up to it. So definitely excited for the brand, for, you know, locker-support.com to get in amongst the big boys, to get, a, to get a seat around the big table. You know, it's not the first time first time for the Super Bowl, but not the first time in doing major coverage. But to be able to get this honor, hey, there's no looking back no, no looking back now, no turning back now. And the best part about it, the cool part about it, is that wherever I go, Bachelor News Radio Network is going to be there too. So definitely going to represent you know, the network, and this network is going places, folks, so make sure you guys always check out the site. Now, you know, everything is covered, surrounded by the NFL Regional Combine and the players that came through the process, and I want to talk about that on in the show as well. Uh, right now, there are currently no no players from the NFL Regional Combine platform that's a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, for the Chiefs, they had three players. Um, first of all, Austin Ryder, the center, starting center, number 62 for the Chiefs. He came through the platform. He was actually drafted by the Washington football team in 2016 in the seventh round, um, hung, around with the, uh, hung around with the Washington for about two years, then found himself with the Cleveland Browns and before he had you know, signed with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs last year. And look, on Barker trying to get his second Super Bowl ring already. Uh, rookie Mike Dana. Number 51, out of Michigan. Hey, having himself a solid year this year. Uh, under the radar, but one of those, I would say, hybrid linebackers that you'll see in this game as well. Then also you got Tim Ward from Troy, another good young talent um, defensive end. who's still about 6'6", 280 pounds. Um, he probably won't get – he have not taken a snap during this postseason yet, but we never know what may happen in Super Bowl 55. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about those guys um, later on in the show. But we want to highlight something 
that's important. Yes, this is Black History Month, and we know we're going to celebrate it. I know L.A. and the crew on Bash News and uh, Radio Network is going to celebrate it to the fullest. But I get a chance to kick off talking about it this weekend, meaning that when we talk about football, and you know that the HBCU platform is right now poorly represented far as with players on the field to play. You know, and the whole story and, you know, the debate we talked about on this show, you guys probably heard about it, you know, it's still going on. There's been plans to put in focus of putting the HBCU and make them as a priority. Now, not every player that that that, that comes through um, the HBCU platform are NFL players, majority of them not. So don't get it twisted thinking that it's a whole slew of players because it's not it's no different from any other small school. There are not a lot of players. It's almost almost like less than 1% of talented players to get to the NFL. However, with that being said, there are a few that definitely, definitely should at least get in, uh, have the quality skill set to get in front of scouts and then get in front of scouts, then they had the skill set to take it much further. Now, when we talk about HBCU players this year in the NFL, we're going to talk about that whole thing on the show and how it's going to play a role in this year's Super Bowl. And so first, we're going to start off with some good nuggets here with the um, with the players that came through the HBCU platform. I mean, believe it or not, I would say the number is small, something that we that, that, that is definitely being put in place to change, but is the number is small, but yet, the talent level from these players has been really good. You know, these these players I'm about to talk about, they are not slouches by any means. And we're going to start with the top dog himself. And we can talk about Darius Leonard from South Carolina State. I'm on, yeah, South Carolina State. Now, Darius has been a force in the league ever since he got drafted in, um, by the Colts. Um, in 2018. Now, he was the only HBCU player, and you heard me mention this before, only HBCU player that was voted amongst his peers being on the top 100 players for 2019. Chances are he'll be on the list for 2020. Now, it would be nice to have another one, but realistically, it will not be another HBCU player this year on the list. If it is, it'll be a great thing, but right now I don't see it projecting but I do see some players, a couple of players, that they continue with the way they plan. Uh, yeah, I think their peers going to put them on their list where they can join Darius, and he will not be by himself. So that's what we all look for. Now, um, Darius Leonard, all I mean, two-time All-Pro. He was voted to. Uh, he was he voted as an All-Pro this year, twice All-Pro first team, um, 2018, and this past season 2020. This year he racked up 100 and 32 tackles, including three sacks, three forced fumbles, seven stops for losses, and he did all of this in just 14 games, just 14 games. There was two games he missed. He was a little banged up, but he came back, uh, I believe, in week 11 when he faced the Detroit Lions, and he did not miss a beat. I mean, he was all over Matthew Stanford in that entire game. You know, so Leonard is definitely a force to be reckoned with for many years, and one of the things I would say is that, you know, I don't like to talk about putting on the word great in front of players or projecting where they're going to be at. But right now, this young man um, going into his third, third year in the NFL, he's definitely trending, trending towards that yellow jacket. I mean, he's that type of level talented player. Thank goodness he was not overlooked because 
this 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 young man clearly has shown that he is top notch, one of the best players to ever step foot on the NFL field. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL starts of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. All right. Now, that was Mr. Darius Leonard, who is a force in the league. Now, lined up with him, with the Colts, we have another player from the HBCU rankings. Yes, and that is Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart from out of Albany, Georgia. Now, Grover, man, I tell you, for a guy his size to see how nimble he is, how fast he is, how light on his feet he is, it's just, it's just ridiculous on how well he moved out there in the field. Uh, interior player, sometimes gets spaced out. Every once in a while you see him moved around to be on the edge. I mean, he's just, he's just that type of player that can do certain things that a lot of big men, normal big men in life cannot do, but he's able to do it. And so – this season, he was able to bring in a mass 53 tackles, including a half a sack and a pass defense. Now, Stewart had performed highly on the 581 defensive snaps that he was a part of this season. He actually participated in 56% of the defense production for 2020. And also on special teams, he was a part of 159 snaps on special teams. Now, Stewart is probably the only defensive player in the NFL, the probably only. I know we're going to the stretch here, going to limb. But he's probably the only one that do not, do not back down or live to go toe-to-toe with Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry. I mean, I tell you, um, Derrick Henry <laughs> is a beast. I mean, he does throw dudes around the field like rag dolls. I actually – Look, um, look for it in every game. I mean, he had two of them this year, uh, one in the Lions uh, in the Lions matchup, and also in the Buffalo Bills uh, matchup. It was great. I loved doing it. It, it was fantastic. But um, I would say with Grover, he will go up against him anytime. And he had a play this year where he actually just destroyed. Derek at the goal line just basically yanked him down. And now Derek did get him one time too with a, a vicious stiff arm because Derek, I mean his um, King Henry stiff arm is legit, and he did get Grover last year, so <laughs> it, it was something else. But Grover got him back this year, and he was one of those tackles, one of those fifty-three tackles that he had against Derek Henry. So he's one of those guys, number ninety, in the trenches. And I know that we always talking about. You know, the Aaron Donalds of the world, yes, he should. Fletcher Cox, yes, he should. These guys are legit players in the trenches. But soon, soon, sooner rather than later, Grover Stewart is going to have to be mentioned in the same breath with these guys. Now, speaking of players in the trenches, big men that can move really, really good, and that goes to uh, Jovan Hargrave, Hargrave, um, Hargrave, defensive tackle, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he made his name when he was with Pittsburgh. And so when he went to the Philadelphia Eagles, it was a blockbuster deal, made that big money straight coming from out of South Carolina State, South Carolina State producing crazy talent, and him and Darius Leonard, just a few of those guys. And a couple of guys we're going to talk about later on the show too. However, with Hargrave coming over there, getting implemented with the system, getting his feet wet, so to speak, he did finish the season with 38 tackles, Four and a half sacks, five stops for loss, 
and he had eight quarterback hits, four, a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. And so he definitely started to show that he is getting implemented with that new defensive scheme. And I know Jim um, Swartz said he's going to call it a quits after this past season, so he will have a, a different coordinator, different head coach. So hopefully whatever system they have in place, it'll be um, in favor for his skill set. Now I'm, I'm looking forward to next year him having more than just 38 tackles, but I'm quite sure that he definitely will. Looking for big things for him while he's in the city of brotherly love, as we all mentioned. Now, also in this game, I mean, and this year with Hargraves, that other than his slow start, he did miss, you know, a couple of games um, this year as well. So clearly he did make an impact. The biggest impact that he has shown this year is how he had always been when he was with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, how he has shown how he can get pressure on the quarterback. That was something that really – was overlooked by the by the media in regards to the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Now, I know that they had big stories with Carson Wentz being benched for Jalen Hurts, and the, the, with that whole situation, as far as with the quarterback situation, that take precedent over everything, and it definitely overshadowed the the, the playing of Hargraves with the Eagles and their defense, especially in that front seven, because that front seven is pretty, is pretty good. They can get after the quarterback, but it really was not highlighted as much because of the simple fact of what the quarterback changed, their struggles on the offense, and knowing that the defense was doing what they were supposed to do, how they held some teams in check. But unfortunately, it did not work out for them. But it did work out for Hargraves, as for him personally, showing that he's making those strides and become a solid Philadelphia Eagle. Now, we want to take a quick pause. We want to come back. We want to talk about the rest of the players from the HBCU platform that have done well in the NFL, bring out some stats and all that good stuff. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Some great, great stuff here dealing with the HBCU. Then we want to wrap it up with some of the players to look out for in Super Bowl 55. It's going to be a great game, a historical game. We have the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Then with another young quarterback in Patrick Holmes, who's ready to set this league on fire. Hopefully, he can still have that same longevity. But we'll see. You're listening to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. I'm Ken Blackwell, a senior fellow at the Family Research Council and the former Secretary of State in Ohio. The black history figure I most admire is my uncle, D. Hart Hubbard, who was the first black American to win an Olympic gold medal in an individual event. He competed in track and field at the 1924 Paris Olympics, the one made famous in the movie Chariots of Fire, and he won the gold in the long jump competition. D. Hart Hubbard didn't compete in all events for which he qualified, not because he didn't want to, but because he wasn't allowed to. He was denied a fair chance to race by the International Olympic Committee because of his race. But this didn't embitter him. Having been a star athlete at the University of Michigan, it motivated him to compete even harder. After Paris, he returned to his hometown of Cincinnati and started the Cincinnati Tigers of the American Negro Baseball League. Although he's most remembered for his track and field accomplishments, D. Hart Hubbard, a Christian, was most proud to be running the race described in Hebrews 12 of the Holy Scriptures, one where the real finish line awaited him in heaven. All right. Welcome back to Locker Talk 
on the Bastion News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of locker-report.com. And make sure you guys always, always go to the Bastion News Radio Network, where you find all kinds of great programming, where they talk about everything. Definitely check out the Donaldson Files with Tom Donaldson and Coco Koshny as they discuss politics from the right and the left while giving you entertainment news and guests. Listen, every third, every Tuesday and Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bastion News Radio Network. And you guys, always, always make sure you go to BastionNewsRadioNetwork.com where you can hear them 24 hours a day, anytime at your leisure. Now, to the great stuff about the HBCU players, to look out for that, that had a solid year this year in the NFL. And one of the other players we're going to follow up on now, this is one of those guys that I would have how I mentioned to make sure you guys keep your eyes on and probably could get to have his name eventually one day on the top 100 players list voted by the NFL players themselves. And this name is Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, North Carolina A&T. Now, number 92. Now, this guy brought in by the Bills. The Bills trying to keep, try to keep him like a top secret. Like they try to keep him under wraps. They got him off in there. They got him in there really fast because Johnson is a raw talent. When I mean, when I say raw talent, he's one of those guys that is so talented in his bloodstream that he doesn't know how to handle it. And the Bills still trying to figure out how to use him. This young man is going to set this league on fire. I'm telling you, he's going to be one of those edge edge rushers that can, if he stayed with the Buffalo Bills, I can see him you know, being mentioned with the Bruce Smiths of the world. He just – he definitely have that next-level talent. Just got to figure out a way how to harness it, and that's what the Bills have been doing the last two years. And this year, he definitely got a lot more playing time uh, with the Buffalo Bills. He participated in 225 defensive snaps this season and on special teams, 258 snaps on there. Now, he only had 11 tackles on the season, but he did get a sack when he brought down Derek Carr when he played the Las Vegas Raiders. So he did get a sack this season, second sack in his NFL, short career, NFL career. Yes, I know 11 tackles is not a lot, but the way how the Bills are using him sparingly, he played more snaps. He played less snaps on special teams this year than he did last year and played almost about the same equal amount of defensive snaps from, his, uh, from, the, from the, uh, the season before. So it's kind of somewhat balancing them out because I guess the Bills want him to really hone in on the defensive unit a little bit more. So that's one of the things that I had looked out for this season. During the, during the postseason, he did finish with four tackles. So this young man is really out there. A lot of things that do not show up in the stats of how he's getting pressure, forcing the quarterbacks to go other directions and running backs to go other directions. That is something that he's really showing a major, major effect that will not show up on paper, but you have to watch number 92 for the Buffalo Bills. He's going to do some great things in this league, just like this gentleman I'm about to mention now. Now, he's on the offense side of the ball, but he's doing great stuff. And I'm talking about Tyron Armstead, um, tackle, left, um, right, uh, left tackle for the New Orleans Saints. Ever since he's been in the league, he had the opportunity to protect future Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees for almost eight years, solid player, solid individual, making sure that Drew Brees stayed upright and pretty much in every game that he played, he, um, um, Armstead, is definitely one of those 
solid offensive lineman. He had played in 14 games this year, played in 858 snaps, 80% of the offensive plays this year. He's definitely one of those guys to continue to watch out for as he will continue to do great things. Now, the sad news this year was Chicago Bears, all-purpose, all-everything, all-talented running back, wide receiver, return man, Tyree Cohen, when he went down to an ACL injury in week three when they played against Atlanta Falcons when he was receiving a punt. Um, and this season, he started out really, really strong. He had 14 carries for 74 yards. Three of those carries converted first downs, major first downs, and he had six receptions for 41 yards off of seven and did all of this on 77 snaps. Now, unfortunately, he did not get a chance to finish the season. He is healthy. He's getting back. He's definitely on schedule to have him, you know, to come back in 2021 after signing a big contract. Tyreek Cohen is definitely one of those type of players out there, very shifty. Yes, I know Tyreek Hill is that dude, but Cohen, he definitely had that same type of skill set. Probably not as fast, but he's just as shifty as a Tyreek Hill, and we will see that next year when he comes back with a stronger knee. Now, you listen to Locker Talk on the Batching News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars tomorrow today. And now for a quick one rundown with some other players from the HBCU platform. Now, we got definitely um, Tyrus Howard, Alabama State tackle for the Houston Texans. He participated in 811 snaps on the offense, which accounted for 82% of the offensive production, and he also participated in 56 snaps on special teams. Also, we want to check out Danny Johnson from Southern for the Washington football team. Now, he is a defensive back, but he's primarily their return guy. This year on 26 kickoffs, he totaled 573 yards, averaged 22 yards per attempt, and he had his best game um, against the Detroit Lions this year where he actually had five returns for 127 yards. He did finish this season with four tackles, and that was pretty much his wrap-up. The um, Washington football team is trying to get their special teams unit rolling. Danny Johnson is either going to be the guy for them for long term or he'll be a Band-Aid for right now until they find out where they're going to use him at on defense. But he's definitely a valuable player. Washington recognized that. And Danny Johnson has really, really had himself a great 2020 NFL season. Now, Trenton Cannon, running back, Carolina Panthers for Virginia State. Didn't have the first year with the Panthers. Didn't have the the biggest you know blow up year, but he did have a 98 yard kickoff return against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he just fell short by two yards and making it a 100 yard kickoff return. Continue to keep your eyes on for um, Trenton. He's doing really well in the NFL. Drafted by the New York Jets. Didn't work out there, but he's going to work out there in Carolina, especially when he started getting more carries. This year he only had 10 carries for 33 yards and three receptions for 16 yards. So continue to look out for him. Now, linebacker Joe Thomas for the, for the, Dallas, Cow- for the Dallas Cowboys from, you guessed it, South Carolina State, had his best year as a pro where he amassed 48 tackles and played in 409 defensive snaps and 100 and, uh, 100, 170 special team snaps where he accumulated 37% of both the defensive plays and the special team plays. 
Um, Tom is definitely on a high, knowing that this is just the best that the best is yet to come. And the Cowboys definitely had embraced him and brought him back for a second stint, and he is doing a fantastic job there. So continue to watch out for what Mr. Joe Thompson is doing there. Now, Anthony Levine Sr. from Tennessee State. He is he didn't he did, he did not get that uh I say captain's badge from the Baltimore Ravens on on the chest captain for special teams, but I would not be surprised if he finally get that C on his jersey next year because he is definitely a leader on the special teams for the Baltimore Ravens. You want to continue to watch out for him. He had eight tackles this year, two uh, fumble recoveries. He's definitely had himself a good year, definitely showing his viable, um, his asset with that great team here in Baltimore as they continue to do well. You know he's definitely one of John Harbaugh's favorite players because John Harbaugh and natural, actually in his heart, he is a special teams guy. That's how he got his break in the NFL, being a special teams coach. So that's what I would say as far as a good roundup breakdown for us with the players from the HBCU combine, I mean HBCU platform. Um, this year, start the season, there were 27 HBCU players. And I know that's terrible when you have a, a amount of close to 1,700 players in the league. Yes, just 27 players. Yeah, that is gross. This year, they finished with 32 players. I mean, 31 players. Last year, they finished with 32. This year, they finished with 31 players. And when we break down the positions, there were eight defensive backs, seven offensive linemen, three defensive fronts, talking about defensive end and tackle, four linebackers, five wide receivers, one tight end, two running backs, and one special teams player, and that's a punter, when Jamie Gilliam over for the Cleveland Browns. Also, got to think of, talk about um, Cardell Hodge, Cardell Hodge, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. He's getting close and having himself a breakout campaign with the Cleveland Browns. The way how they're moving that ball around, it's just a matter of time for the young man to really show. He is one of the league's best route runners. Absolutely, one of the best route runners in the NFL. So definitely keep your eyes out on number 12 for the Cleveland Browns with Cadell Hodges. Now, Super Bowl 55, here we go. How would this play affect with the ACCU now um, platform and their players? I'm going to tell you how. Last year, Alex Brown was the first HBCU player to win a Super Bowl ring, first time since the, um, the um, since uh, Tavares Jackson from Alabama State, who tragically lost his life last April car accident. Um, Jackson was the, the when he got his Super Bowl ring. That was in 2013 when he was at the Seattle Seahawks. Alex Brown was the first player HBCU player to win a ring since then. So. Chiefs back in the playoffs. He's in this game. He will not play because he's on um, IR. However, we have Antonio Hamilton, who's a defensive back, came from the Giants, now there with the Chiefs. He will play in this game. Looking forward to seeing what he's going to do out there on the field because he do play in spurts for the Chiefs. So we definitely watch out for for that. Now, on the side for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have two players as well. We have Quentin Bell from Perry View A&M. He will not play. He's on the practice squad. However, Ryan Smith, who's been there for several years now, from North Carolina Central, he will be in this game. So this game here, Super Bowl 55, we will have a streak of HBCU players being represented as Super Bowl champions 
for this year. So this will be a guarantee that HBCU will be represented with two Super Bowl champions back-to-back season. Hopefully this can carry over to being something great where we at least will have more players from the HBCU platform to get that opportunity to garner and hoist up that Labardi Trophy to get that ring. So that was the breakdown for the HBCU players. There were some other players you want to check out. Make sure you guys go to locker-report.com so you can be able to see the whole breakdown there. And also check out the Locker Talk podcast on uh, YouTube because they give the same breakdown with videos. Then you can see how awesome these guys are in footage. Regional Combine players, I mentioned them, three of them for the Chiefs. This will be, let's see if this streak will continue. This is a streak that will continue as far as the NFL Regional Combine players getting to the NFL, I mean getting to the Super Bowl. This streak has continued ever since 2013 where they have an HBCU player in the league. Only thing that's jeopardizing it, can that streak continue as far as having a winner? The only person that can have that control would be Tom Brady. He can mess everything up for the platform as far as NFL regional combine players winning a Super Bowl. So that's your breakdown. Thank you for tuning in to Lock of Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We hear about NFL starting tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder, CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always follow me on any one of my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report on Instagram, Lock Report 100. Make sure you guys tune in this weekend. I'm going to have a whole bunch of stuff on Instagram for Super Bowl 55. And also, follow me on, on um, Facebook, LockReport.com and Lock and Talk Podcast on Facebook. And also, subscribe to Lock and Talk Podcast on YouTube. Check me out, Bass News Radio Network, anytime at your leisure. I will be there 24-7. Everyone stay blessed. I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy that game.